Welcome everyone to Paranormal Roundtable. I'm your host Josh Turner, also known as Wolf, and with me always is Sal, Sal Capone, Sal Resian, or just plain Sal. Well, Salmonella. That, that too. That. It, I can be. You know, be a little bit poisonous <laughs> mean, to people. You know, you, you grow on people though. Oh yeah, like ragweed. Oh no, no, more like uh, penicillin, or you know, it's nah, like you you're see not on a the pizza. cure for anything. You're just, just no, 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 no. The bad poison. kind of penicillin. Poison. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, the bad kind of penicillin that if you it's eat mold. it, yeah, exactly. It's just mold. Exactly. You'll, no, get, you'll be a moldy kind of guy. We had a bunch of people sending us emails about what we were going to call you because you were playing off that sal thing, but I, I don't think that that's. I don't think it's going to work. The salad czar. Oh, yeah. There's plenty of them out there. Yeah. I mean, can I ask you a question? Because I haven't yeah. asked this. How did you even get that nickname? Because that's just the first three letters of your last name. Because, you know. It'd be like calling me Tur. Well, as far as, you know, you, it would be simple. It just Josh Turner. Well, you know, I did time in, you know, the Army. And, of course, when your name it tends to be a mouthful, you know, it just it's easy. Sal. Or people that are like McGee, Mc, Mc, uh McFarland, uh, you know, any of those names that start with a Mac, McDonald, just call them Mac because it's that easy. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it when you can simplify it, you simplify it. Especially yeah, I know, if it's I a know that, but still, I that's mean, it. That's why do they just call you Mondo? Because that's not that's not how it goes. That's just not that's how not, it goes. That's how it goes in the military. Yeah, Most I, time I know people, because it's the last name. Yeah, it is. And so, just Sal, I just stuck with all my army buddies. It was. But I'm easy. surprised nobody called because they could just say turn. They could. It all depends on what it makes you know. sense. <laughs> it all depends. Who knows? But hey, <laughs> anyways, everybody, we got a great guest today. Now, you want to give them the email there, uh, Wolf? Yeah, it doswolfman88 at gmail.com and wolfandsal at gmail.com. Send us your stories, folks. We want to hear them. We want to, we want to know all about it. We're going to get to them as fast as we can. We're doing the best we can. So guess what, folks? It, it may take some time, and we apologize in advance for all that. But thank you for sending us your stories. Please keep sending them. And with that being said, let's move on to our guest today. Wolf, you've been telling you know you've been telling me about this all week. Hey, we got a great guest on today. So hey, do the honors and introduce our yeah, guest. Her name is Melissa Martell. Melissa, you want to say hi? Hey, everyone. How's it going? I'm awesome. I'm stoked. I'm stoked. So, give us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, tell us tell us about yourself. You have a you have a podcast called the Secret Door Podcast. I I do. I just started out on my own a couple of months ago. So I I sort of it was sort of been a long journey to podcasting on my own. I started writing and creating easings because I'm a graphic designer with a group called the Curious Fourteen, and I wrote online blogs for them and then i started i founded a podcast called the folklore podcast but i was behind the scenes doing the website stuff and making magazines about folklore and that did really well parted ways from that and then decided to create a podcast of my own with a podcast partner um and we were it was about a year and parted ways because for a variety of different reasons. And I thought, you know what? I could just do it by myself. I did everything anyways on the other podcast. So I've got this. So I'll just do my own. So I've just recently started my own, which is the Secret Door Podcast. And here I am on your show. Nice, nice. Well, for all you folks out there, the Secret Door Podcast, because, hey, you know, 
when you desire anything and all things paranormal, well, I'm sure, you know, the secret door can accommodate, you know, whatever you like, uh, unless you're, you're, you're genre specific there, uh, Melissa, are you genre specific? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I like to talk about the paranormal and the occult a lot, Nice. but because, you know, I just had someone come on and talk about UFOs. So I'm open. I'm open, even though I specifically talk about occult and magic and paranormal. I don't mind to venture around that. That's why I didn't call the podcast like the alien door, oh, <laughs> you know, that's something great. like that, right? You know, that's why I wasn't very. I tried to keep it broader. Yeah, it, you know, you've got kindred spirits with us over here because we we entertain the the all the the, the whole paranormal, the scope of it, and even to the you know. Even to the other things that, you know, people get into talking about, we even entertain all that stuff, you know, because it's at the end of the day for us, we are trying to just get the information out to people, let them come to their own conclusions, you know, let them find the threads within what we're putting out, because that's what we do when we research and we tell the stories, for example, you know, the the stories about people's encounters with with, uh, these cryptid creatures out there whether it be Dogman, Sasquatch, you name it, we listen, you know, we get the stories, we tell them. But when we read these stories and stuff, we're always seeing if there's a thread. And we talked about it in an earlier show when we interviewed uh, King Gerhardt. And uh, we were mentioning, uh, I believe, yes, it was, you know, Wolf mentioned uh, pterodactyl sightings, flying pterodactyl sightings. And, and, and he said, well, the first time he got one of those, you know, Okay, this is very unusual. He grabbed it, read it, and then put it up, like, for example, or for lack of better words, put it up on the shelf, left it alone until he came across more. And then, of course, that's when, you know, those things, you know, kind of all lined up. And that's when we really start paying even closer attention. I mean, we pay attention to what we get, but we pay even more attention when it comes to situations such as that. So that's the way we operate. And obviously, it sounds like you do a lot of what we do and and we do what you do and we're kindred spirits (laughs) exactly Uh, one of the things i like to talk about too often is like cult leaders and point out in the media or people online or online cult leaders i like to point that out continuously in my stuff because i like people to know and be aware because there's actually a lot more cults out there than you think and they're troublesome to me so i do that a lot as well that's funny because one of the ladies that i work with is that she's like she's into the paranormal but she's also into studying cults and she just told us that she's like friday oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Shoot, I, yeah that's funny i have a show coming out this coming week friday on jared leto the mm. cult of jared leto i don't know if you guys seen that you should uh, look that up He's got no. some creepy stuff going on, the actor. Well, he's a weird-looking guy. Yeah, he's a weirdo yeah, anyways. Well, you should read about his creepy cult. <laughs> it's on an island off of Croatia, and it's creepy. That's... He's weird-looking. I mean, well, I if, you th- if you stop and think about in the movie, in that horrible movie that they call The Suicide Squad. Oh, gosh. <laughs> the way he dressed up as the Joker, mm-hmm. and to me in that movie, I think that's a the perfect expression of of this cult that you're that's what's coming to mind to me that this perfect expression of his cult yeah that and like um did you see him in blade runner that the new one yeah yes he like 
I was like, you know what? I think he took that role really serious. But I think this has been happening because he's doing it through the band. They have a band. Him and his brother have a band, like something Seconds to Mars or something. 30 Seconds and to Mars? Had that, yeah, 30 Seconds to Mars. Thank you. They've had that band since 98. So I think they've been building this for a while and we're just hearing about it now. He was in a weird movie, a Japanese movie. I don't remember the name of it. Hmm. Well, I'm not a I'm not a big Jared Leto, 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 whatever his name is. I'm not a big fan of him of his work. I mean, if he does a good movie, great, but it's not he's not somebody I pay attention to. So, it, it, <laughs> but at the same time, it, being the the follower of a of a of a celebrity such as an actor, to me, it just it's completely. <laughs> I, I find it wow. comic. What was the movie called, Tony? Outsider. That was the interesting. Movie. Yeah, where they cut his finger off because he's a part of a Akuza. Oh yes, I remember that movie. It now a, yeah, I did a, see it. Some though. weird stuff in that movie. It wasn't a bad yeah. movie, but that's the only movie I've ever seen him in that I liked him. But anyways, moving on. From, in, moving on from that weird guy. Yeah, I liked him in Lord of War. I liked that movie because um, there was Nicolas Cage in there too. So you know. Oh, oh I've never seen that. Lord of War. You got to see it. Check that out. So, yeah. So anyways, so that's one of the weird. Wow, what other internet cults have you have you found out about? I mean, I don't want to oh, run gosh. the show for you that you're. I mean, gonna... we talked about that John of God fellow. Say that was, again. Um, What's his name again? John John of God. John have of you God. Heard of him? No, I, I guess I'm gonna have to was, check it out. He, okay, he was just re- last year arrested because he was running like a. You come there and get cured by John of God. He was promoted by Oprah Winfrey. Tons of celebrities were going there and they were getting like these fake operation healing processes. Well, he was arrested and what it looks like he was doing was he was literally running a human trafficking farm. He was get young girls would go to his compound that he was running there and he would keep them, enslave them and impregnate all of them, beat them and make and sell their babies on the black market. And there are tons of abuse and possibly even murder. And he was arrested and he was heavily promoted by Oprah Winfrey and a whole bunch of other celebrities. Makes you wonder about Oprah, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, she's probably a cult in and of herself. Quite possibly. There are those people yeah. out there that worship her and, you know. But it's she amazing. hasn't, to my knowledge, isolated anybody in a compound or an island yet. Yet. <laughs> well, we had, uh, there's that guy that supposedly committed suicide and, you know, Jeffrey Epstein. There's that guy. Oh, yeah. The Epstein Island. It's, see, they get you in islands or what they do is they get places outside of your country and they lure you away from you know where you're protected by law so they'll lure you to south america jonestown they'll lure you to like an island outside of croatia or someplace where you're isolate they'll isolate you from the rest of society oh, ron hubbard comes to mind yeah yes they were throwing yes. people off the ship i heard like in international waters i believe it it's so hard to prosecute anybody when you're... and they couldn't do nothing about it yeah i mean that's just you know and if you're in international waters and then being the captain of a ship, it's, it's, that, well, there's that old saying. They say that they're pretty much God. Not to brag, but, you know, I was recruited by the Dianetics people. <laughs> my, I had high Thetan levels, as uh-huh. they say, or some, some, some weird stuff, or ghosts yeah. well, in your blood, or something. I, mean, I don't know what it is. 
that's the premise of cults is the leader will is a god presents himself as the answer to all your spiritual questions and he'll they'll always be like they'll say they're reborn as jesus or they're a god-like character jared leto he's he's pretending he's jesus basically and his followers being probably severely codependent are reinforcing that god-like fantasy he's got yes they're enabling him to what carry on that looking, delusion what a weird looking uh deity he's a weird looking dude yeah, yeah. well he's... he's in all these white robes and all his followers are in white it's just creepy it reminds me of one I'm, I'm fairly certain you've probably heard of it uh let's say it's there's this one Hispanic guy down in Florida that claims he is Jesus Christ. And Which one? There's a new one every week. Well, I mean, no, this like... guy. This guy made news. This guy made the news, and is I'm it, trying to remember. It's, a bunch of them making the news. Well, I, I, Jesus. Well, he was selling himself. He was. Well, he was selling himself as Jesus to his congregation, and then, of course, even after his, even even after he was exposed, for lack of better words. And he was interviewed by the media. He still insisted that he was Jesus and that he was performing miracles. So, you know. Even after it was scientifically proven that he did not correct. get crucified on the cross. All that stuff. He was claiming he was Jesus reborn and et cetera, et cetera. And, but, I mean, you've probably got hundreds upon hundreds of these cults. And I'm sure you focus on mainly the the ones that have the the, the hardest or the most or the biggest impact, well, I guess would say. Well, I have like we we focused on that that conspiracy theorist, crazy guy David Wilcock one time because really? we think oh, I ta- I interviewed somebody and they like it all looks good when they're on the stage, but it's they they what they do is you don't see the cult and the abuse if you're outside on the stage. It's the inner circles, the people they get closer to them that they really abused. So he was talking about that because he had, I guess, had been exposed to it. And another thing I have coming out at the end of September is I have some ladies. I cannot say the name of the cult leader, but he's operating online now and they're involved in a criminal investigation and a whole bunch of stuff with this online guy. He's on YouTube and it's pretty intense. He's been doing this for a couple of decades, writing books and stalking and getting people to embezzling money and lying about his credentials. And he's fooled a lot of people. And they came on my show and we had a conversation about him. And I didn't really want to say who it was because I didn't really want. <laughs> He'll probably figure it out. So if I get people, if I get his little flying monkeys after me, I won't be surprised. But yeah, I had a couple ladies coming on, and he's probably got about twenty five thousand followers on YouTube. So it's not massively huge, but it's enough. It's enough. It's it's have a lot more followers than I have. Is he <laughs> um is he showing? I mean, I guess you could say is he displaying all the signs of a cult leader, the classic signs? Um, he's displaying a lot of them. He doesn't have an island or whatever, but you don't necessarily need to get people on an island somewhere. You can call them. You can call them on the internet and have them, you can, I mean, a chat room can be your island, right? Yes. <laughs> what was that guy's name? Apple White or whatever. The, yeah, yeah. And, that and, old call. Oh, it was crazy. They castrated themselves. Like, it was ridiculous, dude. Heaven's Gate looking Heaven's kind of guy. Heaven's Gate, yeah. yeah. Well, I guess when you're that low testosterone, you don't mind castrating yourself, you might as well. I mean. Yeah, it's, you know, it's it's unfortunate that there are people out there who are, looking for someone to or, or or inclined to want someone to lord over them 
I'm one of those that promotes you've got to think for yourself. Oh, because you there's can't. a lot of people want to give their rights away now. Yeah. And they don't care. And it's I mean. scary. It's scary that people think that way. But again, it's a mindset and many people forget that you are the master of your own decisions. And when they leave a decision or or they take the mindset that, hey, whatever this person says is gold. So if they take that, if they place that mindset upon themselves or or never really think past it, yeah, it's it's sad. It's just sad. I just, you know, a lot of these people that are following them are number one, obviously they don't feel empowered themselves and they feel like the, any kind of connection with this leader makes them special. They're actually out there looking for something that makes them special. And these cults and religions offer them elite special status. And it, it's whatever it is, whether they had a dysfunctional childhood or they just always had low self-esteem, whatever, however they develop their codependency they're looking for this elite feeling and they don't think they can create it themselves because, I mean, because it's unrealistic. We could never feel that way all the time as human beings and they don't understand what it is. Obviously, they don't like being human and they're looking for this almost addictive, high sense of elite, special feeling. And what they end up getting is recycled, spit in, spit out, abused and treated like crap. Because they they literally give up their own personal sovereignty. Yeah, it's it's reminiscent to um, this brings to mind the, the the relationship between you know the pimp and the prostitute. If mm-hmm. a if a pimp is trying to bring a prostitute into his harem, you know he will wine and diner and and or, or you know however the case may be, whether the prostitute is male or female, I- irrelevant. But in this point, wine and dine the prostitute, make him feel super special. Once they're in the in the harem, then the you know then reality hits. Boom! Yeah. Guess what? You are just another number on this you know thing, and, yep. and it's and you it's better scary. make me some money. Yeah, and <laughs> I just I've always found it really really intriguing how there are those out there who feel the need to control every little detail around them and that includes every individual person that comes into their lives or they come in contact with i find that really interesting it's sad it is very sad the the level of insecurity is mind-blowing in my opinion they're insecure the level the, the level of energy that takes my god and the other thing too and if this is happening with jared leto it happened with john of god it's probably happened with almost every single cult leader I know, even including Brother 12, who was a local cult leader around here in the 30s. It's, they're fixated on, there'll always be a money element where they're making money from you. Um, Jared Leto is charging anywhere from $900 to $6,500 or different tiers just to come on his island. And that doesn't include the flights to get there. So he's making money from these people are paying to, for him to be their god. It sounds very much like um, there was there was a guy and he was from Canada, and the reason I'm, I'm I can't think of his name, but the the big tie-in to him was that blonde-haired girl that played in that uh, Smallville series. She was the blonde-haired girl. She was uh, caught okay. up in that one. She was caught up in that, and yep. they nailed her. I think even still to this day, she's still in the midst of a court battle 
You know, they're yeah. still they're still battling that out in New York, or, or I, I don't know the whole details behind it, but I know that she was a famous actress, got caught up in this thing, and you know, these girls were being branded with this guy's, you know, initials, oh, yeah. and yeah, I remember that, and 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 he was this guy selling all this stuff, and and it, and, it, and I mean, he was targeting, he was targeting, you know, young women, and of course, and. At the end of the day, when everything got behind closed doors, you know, it's like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm here to do what I want with you. And many of these women by that point in time had already been broken down mentally that it's not even funny. There's a, I think it's Netflix. I think there's a special on Netflix about cults. And that's the one that, you know, that, that, uh, that's the one that got my attention the most because the girl that played on Smallville, she was the blonde haired girl. And, uh, she was, you know, she was wrapped up in it up at the highest levels. And she well, was. Yeah. What constitutes a cult? I mean, is it just somebody, they turn themselves into a deity or like, like how does that work? Like, like, when do they cross over from being like just a cool guy that people want to hang out with to a cult? Well, I, I can uh, answer that question if I can pull up the list here. <laughs> I'm like, I've got a list. I've written about this. So. Um, yeah, there is, there, there's a criteria that to, in order to be a cult, I can read a few of them off if you want me to. So this is ridiculous. I just read this right here. It says a relatively small group of people having religious beliefs or practices regarded by others as strange or sinister. That's us here at the house. Yeah. Well, it, <laughs> we're all now, strange and sinister. Well, to people realistically, like, and not to make this anything. Fair. It's not to make this thing any religious or anything, but Christianity at one time was considered a cult. It's actually a status when you. Could have been. Yeah. Well, it was. It was because yep. uh, the difference between a cult status and a religion is basically the membership. And, yes. and and that's on a very that's on a very broad level. I mean, but but cults today have as as you've seen and you've investigated and you obviously, um, you know, are familiar with that that cults today have a very negative um, tone that has been added to them. Not that I'm advocating for them and being their their they've, protector. They've gotten a bad rap. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I'm not saying. No, I'm saying <laughs> the word cult, not no, cult. no. Well, because it also says here it says. No. A misplaced or excessive admiration for a particular person or thing. Yes, and that is one of those definitions yeah. of it. But, well, you know, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, uh, no finish off because I was just going to listen to, like, there's some specific things that base, I mean, I'm, if you cannot leave the group and come and go at your own leisure and, and you have to, like, the leader will um, induce feelings of shame to control the members. You, It's an us versus them mentality. They, you have to alter your entire life, your personal goals to belong. You can't talk to your family, preoccupied with money. All you do is socialize with the group. There's punishment for leaving. You know, there's a lot of times the leader's doing a lot of sexual activities with the groups. And you have to be unquestioned. You cannot question them utmost commitment to the leader and mind altering practices things like that you have to add that into it and unless it has that i mean if you can come into a group and leave and no one cares and you're free to go and they don't control you from your family it's not a cult so a lot of religions are cults <laughs> you know it's really interesting that even though these are religions remember what i said about membership cults you know religion the only different the only difference in that status is membership levels 
because once you re- once you reach a certain level of membership, then you reach religion status. It's called a religion. It's no longer a mm-hmm. cult. One thing Look at Hillsborough Baptist Church. That, Thank you. That girl, she was, that, that was another crazy The, the Mormon Mormon religion started out as a cult. Well, look, the Mormons are, I mean, look at what they say. Yeah. Some guy just stumbled on some tablets and. Yeah, and then when you die, you get <laughs> your so own ridiculous. planet, that kind of thing. Oh, man, so, you're just going like, wow, that's just. And you can't, my, you can't go into their holy places. I'm sorry. It's a little funny. At one time, and got into the Mormon church, and I just couldn't stand it. Every time she would have them show up at the house to bless and do all this stuff, I would leave. Or was it Jehovah's <laughs> was like, Witness? Jehovah's you Witness. You need to leave this church, Grandma. <laughs> Why are you a Mormon all of a sudden? <laughs> and then the Jehovah's Witnesses, man. I yeah. mean, they are so. Yeah. Just- so don't worry. I have an aunt that's gone through. She started out Catholic and has gone through just about all the the the, the Christian based <laughs> you know, religions. You know what so I think okay. she was doing? What's I think that? she's more clever than me because she was older. They would come and dust her house. I think she was just using them to dust her apartment because they would the brothers would come and do stuff for her, hoping she would give money and come to church. And I think after a while they caught on. I think she. I was suspicious. I'm like, are you using the Mormon people to dust your apartment? A means to an end. <laughs> I swear to God. Well, that, like, that, that sounds about like my grandpa. Old lady. Awesome. You know, this is really interesting. All the work you're doing on 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 cults and online cults, and it's amazing that there are so many of them out there. With that, you know. Let's shift gears. What else are you doing with your podcast? Well, I do talk about the paranormal, of course, and occult, but I also do a few shows. I'll do them on my own. And I like to talk. I do love history. So I like to talk about how paranormal experiences will happen in families. And one thing that I talked about, one of my early shows very first shows that i put out was a concept called a forerunner and uh please explain the forerunner please it's It's a toyota canadian (laughs) (laughs) all right it's a it's a it's a toyota now but in in folklore terms it's a canadian term i think it was turned by helen Crichton, who was a canadian folklorist the forerunner is when you have an appearance of a ghostly figure or intangible set of events that serves as an omen or a warning of tragedy to come for an individual or an entire family. Like a banshee. Kind of like a banshee. Like a banshee. Yeah. Or a black dog. Or in uh, in accordance with, and this is. Um... No, th- I mean, those are very iconic and, yeah. and um, like the versions owl. of it. Yeah, like yeah. the owl for for the, the Navajo people, um, you know, in the Navajo culture, what I've been told is that the owl, the, you know, the owl is a messenger. So when you have, you know, you find yourself in one of these unique situations and this owl appears, it's, it's a messenger, you know. Now, whether it's good or bad, don't know. You know, <laughs> well, Mexican culture too. Yeah, in Mexican culture, usually, you know, and, and I'm talking about Mexican culture in the northern region of Mexico, which is, you know, along the southern border of the United States. The owl, aka in Spanish, is called lechuza, and this is supposed to be. It has negative connotations that it's supposedly a witch that changed, you know, shape. Well, into if a, you see one too, though. There are some. There are some. Some areas believe that it's it's basically it's a portent of death. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen bad, to you yeah. or someone in your family. Yeah, and they say death comes in threes. Yes, that that that. So please continue. I'm sorry we interrupted. 
it's okay. Um, it's perfectly awesome. Um, what I did was I had a story from somebody from the east coast of Canada, and they were telling me about it's 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 it was her experience was very different than you know a, a, a black dog. Um, she told me an experience that happened, and I'm trying to sort of paraphrase this because uh, I actually wrote it in an article at the time. So I'll try to paraphrase it as well as I can. But it was way back in 1955 when she was a young girl. She was an old <laughs> senior citizen at the time. And the year before, her brother, she had a brother who, her mother had died when she was three or four. And she always had to pretend this brother who was a newborn at the time was not her brother because they gave her brother to one of the family members to raise as their own. So she always had to pretend they weren't related to him. And the year before she had this experience, he went missing out on a boat in the ocean and his body was never recovered. And so it was a year later and her father had that whole year been walking up and down the beach looking for Seen the if body. He would wash up. Yeah. Yeah. And he'd been looking for this body and he too had never told the boy that he was the father. He let the other relatives raise them as his, but he every day walked up and down the shore to see if anything would happen. And so it was a year later and this lady who was telling the story was at her aunt's house and the aunt was the relative who had taken her brother as her own. So she was at her house and her aunt was telling, teaching her about tarot cards and stuff and they were having tea and suddenly they looked out the window and she seen her father coming up the walkway and they heard him walking up the walkway towards the house and they thought that was strange because they thought he was working in the city in those days they didn't have vehicles necessarily all the time they walked a lot of places in the cities so not everybody had a car believe it or not back in 1955 <laughs> and so she got up and she went to go open the door as she heard her father come up on the staircase and she opened the door to find that no one was there and she was really confused and she turned around and her aunt, who was a tarot card reader and supposed psychic, said, we just had a forerunner. And, my, and this woman was like, what is that? What's a forerunner? And the aunt said, we just had a visitation. Somebody in the family is going to die. Um, so my, this lady probably wasn't really convinced that she thought, well, maybe my father was here and we just got confused and he left. But she asked him later and he said, no, I, I was working all day long. I wasn't there. So she was a little bit like just brushed it off. But the aunt was convinced that somebody in the family was going to die, that that was they were seeing the ghost of him and she thought it might even be her father. And so this lady just poo pooed it off and ignored the whole scenario. And then I guess... Well, I think it was about a couple of weeks later, her fa her father had come home from the pub and she he went out to the yard to go deal. They had a little mare or a pony outside and he went to go deal with the pony. I don't know if he was bringing it out of the field into the stables and whatever, however it happened, the, the pony started to act up and it reared its head and it struck out at him and... When it struck him, it knocked him in the head and knocked him over. And he was, because he was a little bit tipsy from being at the pub. And so he just 
whatever, got up, brushed it off, put the mare in, put the pony, mare, whatever, into the, into its stall, and then went back to the house and thought nothing of it, and everybody thought everything was okay, and then it was within a couple of days, he passed out, and they took him to the hospital, and he had an aneurysm, it had done a blood clot in his head, and they tried to reduce the swelling, it was, um, um, bleeding in the brain from being knocked and they hadn't realized it and of course in those days the hospitals didn't have the same technology they did so they were unable to reduce the swelling and he eventually died but then she added he died on the very same day that her brother drowned and went missing the year before so and two weeks later his own self showed up to the family she said to warn them that he was going to die and her when it happened her aunt said i told you someone was going to die and that was the story that's really interesting and it was different because he showed up as his own forerunner and it was very much tied to the family and there was all these synchronicities and she said she never forgot that they don't all she was born on the same day as her father and her father and the son died on the same day. So she just was always adamant that she saw her father walking and he was telling her that he was going to die soon, but yet he didn't know it. Wow. It sounds like one of those experiences where, um, people, and of course, uh, Wolf has, uh, if you've ever listened to any of our podcasts, he, you know, we discuss, Mainly him. I'm just listening. <laughs> he discusses the time he lived in the haunted house and many of the guys that lived there that for an extended time because most of the guys that are involved in the story or in or are in his inter, inner circle um, you know, lived there for long periods of times off and on over the 10-year course that he lived there. Well, a few of them, I'd say at least... Four, three or four of the guys claim to have seen a doppelganger of Wolf, you know. And so I think that's really interesting. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would not rule it out because it's it's just yeah. too much out there that is unexplained, too many things that happened. I think it's amazing. Now, another thing on folklore, I guess related to it is uh have you, you know, do you cover stuff over the little people, you know, the fae, the fae folk, the fairy, fairy folk? Cer- cer- certainly. I mean, I haven't yet on this podcast, but I have before in previous podcasts. So what Absolutely. is your take on that? What is your take on the fairy folk? I, I think I, I, it's fascinating to me. I, I did an interview with someone and I had to remove it because they were very controlling over the editing. They, they, you know, I, I removed it off of, um the show because they wanted me to change too many things and I didn't want to hack it apart. So I just removed it, but they were basically on and they were talking about how fairy sightings are still actually quite common. And a lot of people think they might be UFOs. I'm not so sure. She was convinced that fairies are more earthbound. They're not space. Aliens. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They're not like, um, they're saying like, the fairies are more earthbound and they're not like some outer space aliens and that it's very much obviously tied to Irish folklore, but I'm sure we, that has transferred to America. I'm not, you know, a, 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 I'm not 
really well read on fairies, but she was intimating that people are still having these experiences and too afraid to tell anyone about it and having terrifying. I mean, people always think fairies are very... The whole Tinkerbell thing like Disney, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and, and even today, I've, I've interviewed people who believe that they are like that. And I'm like, well, no, that's actually, they can be quite frightening and scary and they can do some pretty terrible things. And they're supposed to kidnap children and switch them with little changeling babies and give you their bad fairy baby and steal your child and all sorts of strange, terrible things. Um, now, I think in some instances, fairies might have been used to explain why a child had a disability and they were switched out. But I don't doubt that some people are actually having some sort of earth-bound, weird experience. I, and I don't know exactly how to explain it because it, you, you would think they were hallucinating, but there's cases of, you know, double witnesses and and whatnot i I don't exactly know what they are i don't i don't know if i entirely believe that they're aliens so are they're like a modern are they're like you know what modern day it's aliens and before it was fairies i think they could be like you could see the same we've just changed they could be one in the same because they're changing along with our perceptions and our expectations Perhaps that's true, but there are still people who are experiencing fairies as was hundreds of years ago. They may not always be here. Like they might, these things, we might not see them. They might not actually just, they might come in and out of our reality. Oh, you're talking about interdimensionality, being interdimensional? It could be. I mean, it's either that or we're projecting something and it has to do with how we see things. And that's why they change over time is because we're interacting with whatever's there and they're just showing us what we want to see. That's true. That's interesting. That's an interesting perspective. And then that's some, and I can understand why some, because of your statement right there, I can understand why some people would say, oh, they're aliens. Well, when you think of space aliens, you think of high technology, you think of spaceships, you think all this stuff, right? What if they're putting on a hologram for you? They're interdimensional too, though. They can be yeah. aliens in that way. So have you ever heard of the red caps? I have not. Yeah. We, we actually have down here in Austin, there are legends of these little diminutive folk that live within the walls of these really old buildings. Yeah. Some of the buildings downtown are 150, 200 years old. Wow. And so the, within those thick walls, they, people claim. But they're brick and mortar buildings, right? Brick Just and mortar, clarify. yeah. And then there's the, then there's underground. There's a whole tunnel system underground. People claim to see these little, uh, they wear little red caps. And I told a story on one of those shows that we did of a bartender friend of mine. She saw one carrying uh, an ice cube. <laughs> I think it's phenomenal. I mean, that, that when he, you know, after we, we, we finished with that show, so on and so forth, and, you know, thinking about it, thinking about it and we discussed it, I, I thought it was really crazy, the little thing running off with an ice cube. Yeah, and then the one that stuck a rat or something with a little, you know, sword or yeah. whatever. <laughs> it was weird. I mean, you know, and, and, I, and I feel that some of these stories back when I was, because for me, I've always been into the paranormal, and when I was younger, a younger guy, I, it was no different. Um, I would I would talk to people, and, they, and then they would tell me if there was a weird story, they'd tell me, hey, this person has a story. So when I was working down there, I started collecting stories, a lot of ghost stories, a lot of weird, 
you know, paranormal stuff. And then there were these stories of these little uh, diminutive beings. And I started getting more reports. And over working down there for about 10 years, I fielded a lot of reports and about these beings. And I would ask, sometimes I would ask club owners and managers if anything weird ever happened. And a lot of it, they would just be very open about the ghost stuff. But then they wouldn't always say anything about the little guys until I brought it up. Now, I got a couple other stories about that that I'm going to do on a, a later show. Um, but yeah, they're definitely some, some really weird stories. And for the most part, they're kind of innocuous. I guess that's the word. They don't really, you know, but then, then kind of mind their own, my, my, keep them, keep to themselves. Yeah, they're not really a problem. But then yeah. there were a couple stories that I got where, uh, somebody who'd gone to sleep and they woke up with one of these things biting their arm, I guess. Cause and and, and <laughs> That's so funny. I'm like, I'm not laughing. Were they, were they, ha- they weren't having sleep paralysis or anything. They were like wide awake. Uh, the, the guys, and I could use his name. The guy's Kevin. He's a friend of mine, but he was like, he was laying on a couch or whatever. And he claimed that he had fallen asleep and, uh, cause he had been drinking and he was, you know, he crashed at the bar cause he was, uh, one of the, the, he was the head of security or whatever. And so the owner and the manager are good friends with him, and I know them too, and this was years ago. But he fell asleep, and he woke up with something like like a gnawing pain on his arm, and there was this little diminutive creature under his arm, and I think maybe because he had laid on it, and it bit his arm. And he had this little small bite mark that he was showing us. Well, Squid, uh, uh, this is a guy that works down that uh, Mondo was saying, oh, it looks like a spider bite or something. The guy was showing me in Diablo and Squid. But I I actually think that he might be right because if you look at it closely, it looks like little bitty teeth. And I'm like, what is that? You know, but no, everybody else just kind of dismissed it, you know, because nobody's down there to hear about that stuff. They're down there to party and drink and have a good time. There's 400 bars and clubs down there. It's got more concentration of bars and clubs than any place in North America. Yeah. So yeah, so you, so nobody's down there for that, you know. And but me, and I'm over there listening to him, and he's like, "Well, don't believe me, you know." And and the guy was a big, he's a big tough guy, and nobody really, you know, took him seriously. But I I had already heard, uh, at least at that point, probably three or four other stories about these. And there's not many people that are going around collecting these threads. Well, I did, and I ended up hearing stories of these diminutive little people that would run in and out of the walls. That's very bizarre. I've never heard of little red cap, little fairy dudes before. <laughs> well, I think that they're different than the fairies. Um, I actually have well, kind of like the difference stories. between elves and dwarves, maybe something like that. No, well, it's I, like like another category. It yeah, is. I'll yeah, tell you, I'll yeah. tell you a story. I got three or four fairy stories. I'm not going to get into it here because we're going to do a show about it. But I'll give you one. I'll give you one story, and then you can uh, tell me what you think of this one. When I was 15 i was in a reformatory put it that way i had some issues when i was a young guy and i was always i was a cut up i was always getting into fights and stuff so they put me in a timeout (laughs) so to speak and so i ended up uh i was being escorted by two guards um from one unit to the next because i was being transferred or whatever and um I don't remember like I don't remember what was going on. We were talking and kind of joking and they didn't have me in cuffs or anything like that. They I was considered a pretty good, you know, whatever, kid or whatever, so they didn't really mess with me. 
So they were taking me, you know, just walking. We were walking casually. You know, these two guys, they, they knew me pretty well, and they didn't. I wasn't a flight risk or anything. So as we were walking, one of them looks up and says, what, what the heck was that? And all I saw was something in the corner of my eye. I can't even tell you what it really was. It just looked like a yellow light or something. But the guy that I was with, and I think he was actually a college-age kid at that time, and I was, like I said, 15, he claims that it looked like a little small person, glowing yellow, really brightly yellow. All I saw was what I thought was a yellow, uh, almost like a little mini comet, like it had just gone around a lamppost and disappeared because I saw it in the corner of my eye and I looked. And I just saw it streaking away, and he was just standing there. And as I continued to walk, he just stood there. <laughs> you know? And of course, he's in charge of me. I'm supposed he's supposed to be watching me. And I turn around, and they're both just literally the other guy's looking at him, and he's going like, and he's like asking him, "Did you see that?" And they were both kind of going like, "Yeah." Well, I, I get. I just saw it like in the corner of my eye because I was on the far side of them, I guess. And they both claim to have seen this. And when they described it, and then of course they told me, they're like, look, don't tell anybody that we said we saw that because, uh, the, the, the facility that I was at was surrounded by woods. It was in deep woods. There were woods all the way around that place. Um, so it was just surrounded by woods. There was a fence and then there was just woods all the way around it, like real thick woods. And so I went to, when I got my new, uh, roommate, because we weren't in cells or anything, we were we had rooms. There was a guy that it was my roommate or whatever, bunk mate, whatever. Uh, over over the and we had a window that we could look out of. It was like a, a secured glass window, you know, it wasn't a regular window. But he claimed after after I told him what had happened, and I told him there were the two two uh, guards, um, that what they had seen. He claimed that he would see that same thing happen. He would see them uh, dancing around in the uh, field, <clears throat> in the open field where we would play uh, kickball, football, soccer, whatever, with a bunch of trees around the edges of it that would that, would, that abutted up into the building. He said he would see them like swooping around in the field, like these two or three lights. And he said that one time, and this is what the guy told me, that it came up to the window and it looked just like a little man. So, but but he said that it had like a, a grasshopper-like body with almost like a tail. And he said it had w wings, but it had like a human head and human little arms and legs. Now, I would have thought this kid was just off his rocker if those two guys that I was with that night hadn't seen. Now, the, the first unit I was on, the, the, you, there was no view like that. But when they moved me from that unit to the other unit, that's where you had the view of the of the field and whatever. You were maybe, living large. Well, maybe that's why I saw, <laughs> you know, uh, there are, when we were walking, like, I, I just saw the trail of it. But these other two guards, they saw it. They got a good look at it. It freaked them out, man. And every time they, you know. So here's what happened. Years later, I go on to live my life. I get out and I straighten my life up. I'm no longer a wayward youth. I'm an upstanding citizen. Yeah, that's bullcrap. But anyway, <laughs> I end up I end up going and 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 yeah, I still was kind of doing stuff, but and wasn't getting caught. But anyway, I was working at a nightclub, and I was running, and then I end up running that nightclub for several years. Well, one of those guys that I worked with, uh, and he's a, he's a, he's a really good guy. It was a hip hop club. Well, he would come in there, you know, and and I saw him there one day. Now he was probably only like you know seven eight years older than me, so 
I recognized him and I started talking to him and I was like, do you remember me? And I said his name. I'm not going to say his name on the air because I don't know what he's doing now, where he's at, but um, he, he's probably, he was in a, in a career as a correction officer. So maybe he's probably, you know, he's probably so I, retired by now. Who knows? Yeah. I don't, I don't want to, no, he's not that much older than me. So I, I don't want to say his name is just in case. But anyway, I went up to him and I said, Hey man, you remember me? And he saw me, he looked at me, he goes, Oh, what's up, man. And it had been several years since I'd seen him. And so he, he became a regular at the club. He started coming in there. I'd always let him in for free and let him and his wife drink. Well, one day, we started. Ta- I started talking to his wife as he was at the bar, they, because they became regulars, and I I uh, mentioned that that he we had had a weird experience one time, um, and it came up because she was talking about the the club because something weird had happened to her up in the bathroom, which I always believed that bathroom was haunted, the female bathroom, because I had gone in there one time and something weird had happened. I'll get into that one day, but anyways. She she mentioned something about it, so obviously she was open to the paranormal, and I was like, well, you know, I was about to say his name. He had an, a, an experience one time, and she's like, she thought I was talking about ghosts, you know, the, at the place he used to work at, because there were rumors that one of the units was haunted. And I was like, no, nah, I wouldn't call it a ghost. And then she goes, oh, you're talking about the little elf he saw. <laughs> so he had told her, you know. It, 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 yeah, it had come up, and he had told her. Now, there was another guy who's still a good friend of mine who I – hang out with sometimes or whatever and he owns a little place up here down the street now me and him were actually in three different facilities together when we were kids when i mentioned it to him one day we were talking about it he said that he claimed that he had seen these same things when they were walking down a down a trail a path to go from one spot to the next with three other guys at that particular facility yeah at that same place and, and that that he claims to have seen something zip around the trees real fast but it was almost the size of a fist and that would have been bigger yes and i was like what what are you seeing what are these people seeing and like i said i only saw it in the corner of my eye you know i've never seen it full on but it is something i mean there there's something to it i don't know what that is oh, yeah it's definitely something. So, what do you think of that, Melissa? I mean, I've never heard of any such thing. However, it's 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 quite bizarre. I I I always wonder because there's so many different sightings. I I always wonder if there's some kind of field, and they're interacting with us, and it's man of, and and there there's something there, and it's like, oh, what should I be? Oh, I'll be whatever that person is. Whatever they have on their mind. I think it has to do with the person. And I'm not saying it's not real or something is happening. There's something there, but it's almost like it'll, it'll, it will take on the shape of something that it can read within you or that you're expecting. Um, My former podcast partner, he spent a night in Avebury um, in England. There's stone circles and there's a pub in the middle of a circle. And he spent the night in there and it was like a horrific um, night and that that place was actually featured on Most Haunted, the pub. And he was in there and he said when he started to see shapes and figures suddenly show up in the bedroom, he was like, they were showing up like a monk figure, like almost like a druid priest. But then when he kind of looked at it, like really a druid priest, it started to change into like a more womanly like edwardian with a cap on and so when he started questioning it it it, it he said it was a really bizarre thing it started to switch it would adjust shapes. as he was questioning so yeah, it, would adjust. it started to shift 
into something else. And he and he said, and then there's other people there. They all had experience, but some people seen a snake appear or something like this. And he said, I think it's it's reading our minds or changing into something that it expects that we are want it to change into. And a lot of times we all see them as the same thing because it's almost like we have like a collective of expectations as a culture and then every once in a while it's you know like to show up as a druid in a stone circle well yeah <laughs> all of, yeah you look at the location look where you're yeah. at look at the history around there so people but are walking I'm around with that on their mind that kind of thing every, and everybody has all these different sightings like you have like the guy with the grasshopper the human heads and and, and there's there's similarities but there's variations and i'm just wondering if something in the field's not reacting and the reason there's variances is because little things are changing about it because it's reading the person what about you That's know a possibility what about it's a possibility because you hear stories of will-o'-wisps or whatever uh, yeah you know and they're always in in these fields running around playing like what what if what if there is the like these orbs they're just orbs yes just balls of light and they're just giving human features to themselves Right, mm-hmm. right. But what's weird though well, is that everybody described though the entity as the same thing. What what the the guards claim that they saw, and I talked to that guy years later at the club when he came to the club, and he actually told that story, and he he told the story in front of my brother and in front of a couple other bouncers that work for me that are still friends of mine now to this day. They've heard the story, and they also heard the thread from the other guy who's our friend that was locked up with me at the same place at that time. Um, what's weird is now when you hear these threads, okay, these, these, whatever, these stories that are these, threads, these stories that, that were yeah, the common thread, the common sure. thread. Yeah. You, you're, they were all described as the same thing. Like, like, you know, the, the guard that, that became a regular patron at our club. Now the other guy, I never saw him again after I left, but he was a pretty cool dude, but I, I never talked to him. But the other guy, he told me, he's like, the way he described it was the same way that my bunkmate had described to me what he was seeing out the window. Now, I spent many nights looking out the window. and Afterward? uh, (laughs) After he told you? Yeah, and I never saw a darn thing. But he did describe it to me one day, and because I told him, I said, you know, when we were coming over here, we saw this weird-looking light. like It was like an oversized lightning bug. And before I even finished the sentence, that's when he started telling me, and it has like a human head, and it has like a weird grasshopper body with arms and legs. Yeah, I saw it. They play they play outside. And I'm just like, whoa, I didn't say all that, you know, because I didn't really see. All I saw was like a little, like a zip real quick, you know. Um. So, yeah, I, I don't know what that was. I don't know what to make of that. But it's just, it's very odd, a very odd thing. And one day I will do a show where there's – because since you know that those incidents, I, I've gotten a few stories about people. Um, one guy in South Texas actually oh. had sent me a story about something very similar. He would see them uh, periodically. Oh, that's interesting. And then his little brother started seeing them. I don't know. Well, you know, a lot of times with even aliens, it seems that families have experiences collectively too, like. They'll have it over generations as well, where all the generations will have. And I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if it's the same for fairy sightings and paranormal things. If there's some sort of trend within certain families and generations that people will continue to experience these things as well. Well, I, well, you know, to to answer or 
comment on what you said about aliens and, and families and family members being abducted generationally, et cetera, et cetera. Well, that only first you think at you know, you think about aliens. Number one, first thing associated with aliens, you think of super high technology. So if they have this super high technology, it's not too far fetched to think or to, to, to assume that um you know, they think they're better than us and we're nothing more than cattle. So if you've got a cow, it's had a calf, it's had a calf, the farmer on any farm can tell you, you know, hey, this is the this is the old cow that I have, you know, and it's given birth to this, 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 and this, and this, this other, you know, these cattle that are on my farm, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, going in there to check them out, you know, they know their, their stock. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So when it comes to that, yeah. Now, as far as the, you know, so... Uh, the aliens being able to do that, it's no surprise to me. I, they, they got the high technology. So, yeah. Now, the, the fae folk, the fairies or, you know, forest families and coming to visit, I would venture to guess that if a family stays in, in their area, I would. It, it doesn't seem far-fetched that they would come and interact with the, you know, the, the follow-on generation from the, you know, people that they first interacted with you know, the mother and then the daughter or son and so on and so forth, if they stay in that area, I, I would don't think it's far-fetched at all. I've heard, but I've also heard of families having, and even entire towns, like there's a town in, Nova, or sorry, Newfoundland that have like experience with hags or shadows attachments or entire families are affected by them over g different generations, like an attachment follows and they call it like a dark shadowy figure. Um, I've heard of that as well. So it's like something's affecting multiple consciousness. It's not just like, oh, not everybody. It's just like a one-time experience. It seems almost like it spreads or it's it's not contained to one person often. Like, right. And that's not just with aliens or fairies. Like you get, sh you get entire villages affected by the hag or the shadow. That's really interesting. I've never really delved into... A, I guess you could say a, an attachment of a, of an entity to a multiple people or a large group of people, such as a town. I've never delved into really investigating that, but it sounds very interesting. So, what other things are you, you, you know, do you find yourself uh, investigating and in, and in putting on your podcast? <laughs> oh gosh, um, we we were just talking about um, in terms of the occult. I often have um, a, my, a continuing guest on, um, Gary Parsons, and we talk a lot about the Lima or um, occult themes and films. And we just were talking about Aleister Crowley and different locations that he did his magic at and how his magic affected things and how it affected culture. So we'll often talk about those kind of um concepts about Thelema. I'm not a Thelemic practitioner, but you know, he often comes on and we, we talk about that because I never realized before I started interviewing him how much Alistair Crowley has affected modern culture. Yeah, oh yes, he has impacted because for lack of better words, I guess uh, paraphrase it paraphrasing he definitely pushed the idea, you know, within his, he pushed the philosophy or lived it or practiced the philosophy that he was going to will what he wanted into existence. 
and of course the magic and all this other stuff. So it's been really interesting. And of course, Anton LaVey is another guy that, you know, in the same, you know, in the same uh, yes. line as, as Crowley, but Crowley was uh, quite the interesting fellow. He had a pension for redheads, not fake redheads, true redheads. Oh. oh yeah, that's that's one of the things that I that always stuck to me. I've never studied studied Aleister Crowley deeply, you know, and, and very intensively. And and so unfortunately, you know, the few tidbits that I have heard about him is that one thing is that he truly had a penchant for redheads. That's it's something he believed there was something really special about redheads. And, you know, amongst other things, yeah, and amongst (laughs) other things, and there's amongst other things that, of course, he had ties to a lot of the elite circles, you know, in society here in America, you know, in the United States, and quite possibly Canada, it's hard to tell, but, you know, we can talk about that after the show, you know, once we're off (laughs) air, and I can explain all that to you, but it's really interesting, his his, I guess you could say, his magic and his philosophy that he that he pushed is definitely well. You know, one of the things that I I read, you can actually find this easily online, is he, he was very interested in the Ouija board. He really liked the idea of the Ouija board, and in fact, he was trying to design his own version of the Ouija board to sell. And he had contacted people about this, but I don't. He had written up ideas and plans for it they're since lost but it never happened but he considered it and i've never had a ouija board work for me but i've heard all sorts of stories from other people but he insisted it was a really good divination tool and he didn't mean it in the way of contacting the devil or satan a or lot of people demons will, that kind of thing yeah no no yeah he, he i mean if you really look at it alistair crowley is quite responsible for p- the fact that people do yoga and meditation today Very simple processes like that. And people always think that do what thou wilt means do whatever you want. And it's actually much more, it's so different than that. It is you have a life goal, a destiny, something that you're meant to do on this earth. And it's different for everyone. Do what thou will is referring to that. And oftentimes it's, it's a lot of discipline. You're not, you know, people, Alistair Crowley, he's got this reputation because he, he, you know, he's kind of narcissistic. He loved to play with, with people writing stuff about him and people would talk about him sacrificing babies and because of some of the quotes and some of the quotes where he joked about sacrificing babies, he was actually, sorry, everybody, he was talking about masturbation, sacrificing, <laughs> you know, you know, that whole joke, every sperm is sacred. That's what he was yes. talking about. And people totally misinterpret that he was some baby sacrificer. And he was actually really a sarcastic, humorous, tongue-in-cheek kind of guy. And he loved, he loved, he, he, it didn't bother him that people said bad stuff about him because it put him in the press. Right. He was, he was capitalizing on whether negative or positive press, he was capitalizing. That's, it's yep. interesting, but it's yeah. not surprising. Let me ask you. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. No, no you go ahead. <laughs> So what made you come up with the name Secret Door? I don't know. It just, you know what? I ended really quickly my podcast with the other thing. And someone had contacted me about coming on their show. And because I was going to start a new one. And they said, 
do you want to come on my show? And I said, sure, I'll come on and talk about my new podcast. And I had nothing. And I, and I within three or four days, it just popped in my head. Um, for I was like, okay, secret door, secret door. Like, it's like the doorway to different secrets and things that we don't normally talk about in real life. This is sort of like opening the door to that or opening the door and looking at uh, particular experiences that you had that maybe was, you know, really about everything just came together at this one time and you had these experiences or whether it was with your ritual or a paranormal experiences and it's almost like you opened a secret door kind of thing you um have that and it just popped in my head and all design I had I did it up very very quickly it's it's and it's it'll probably change again because I'm a designer so I'll probably change the look of the website 20 times from now that's all right <laughs> though that's okay mm-hmm. you know you mentioned uh, you mentioned it just popped into your head, and of course, the yeah. secret door. It re- it reminds me, or brings to mind, uh, the uh, the secret weird door that uh, you were telling me about there, Wolf, in between these the, at that house. That was that one little room area that was it was. That's what I keep thinking. But that was quite this little room in this house that uh, Wolf can explain it better. But that's what it reminds me of. Yeah, it was actually, I don't want to call it an investigation because it was just uh, some friends of ours. She had a house, and when we were partying and hanging out back in the club days or whatever, they lived in this little, and I'm going to get into that on a show on another episode later down the road or whatever, but there's a house that they had a weird, uh, like a closet, and the closet went all the way through to the uh, to another closet into another bedroom like the closets were connected but in the middle of the closet there was like a little small door and that's what i think it was really it was really bizarre and the little girl was complaining about a little diminutive creature that would come out of that door but the door just went from one closet to the next you know it was just weird it was the way the house was built was weird and i told my friend i was like yeah a weird house Built so weird, yes, mean. Melissa. So you, yeah, so your secret door when you you know when I heard, first heard the name, that's the first thing that popped into my head. That right there, that what Wolf explained. He explains it so much better. I just, I just see the image after the first time I heard him tell that. This whole image and, and, and scenario built into you know just popped into my head, and so that's your secret door. There it is. That's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about that eventually too. I mean, there there's so much stuff that that you know. I think perception is a lot of it too. I mean, you Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it, there's that one uh there's that one incident that uh, you discussed, you know, that one incident that you discussed right about Lake Travis, the guy that was uh was he, he was the guard or or he was the maintenance guy out at the docks. Are you talking about the the the, the wolf man or whatever? Yeah, the, the, the but but the whole point of it that's really catchy is the report was how he was watching it transform. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you care to quickly run over that real wolf, uh, wolf oh, so she can understand the context that we're getting at. Okay, um, there was a story that that was given to me. Do you want me to tell the whole story? Because I've told. Well, it just before. give it the abridged version because they folks can you know listen to it on the uh, yeah they can uh, listen to it on on a, on a, on a on former ep- episode that we previous did previous episode previous yes. episode about werewolves. Uh, mm-hmm. There was a guy that worked out at the lake. Guy was a uh, pest control. Yeah, that's what he was doing. Yeah, and there was a guard that was out there that that 
let him get onto the boats to do the pest control for the boats because the boats have been sitting out for a while, you know, and so spiders and things get because not people don't use them as much in the off season. <clears throat> so in the in the spring, uh, they, they, they when they start getting really ready to use them, the people will take pest control or whatever. And while they were out there on the dock, um, actually on a pier, they were out there walking on a pier uh, that was next to the dock or whatever. They see this thing swimming across the lake. Um, once it got closer, then it, it looked like a, a wolf. And then as it got up to the shore, it was actually, yeah. It was walking on two <clears throat> legs as it's exiting the water. And mm -hmm. it was shimmering and shedding. It, and all the hair fell out of it until it became like I'm just a man with long hair, like a human. Yeah. Wow. Buck naked. So, yeah. but then, you know, and it goes, going back to the whole thing we were mentioning, perception is. But what happens though when you get these weird things that happen, like on these trail cams? Yeah, I mean, like, like the like the video of that creature. There's a there's a video, a very infamous video, um, that only some people have seen. Certain people have seen, and it 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 very clearly looks like a werewolf on the video. I mean, mm -hmm. I mean, it's a trail cam. You can tell, but then and then there's also the. the well, there's the, the there's the famous one, the Pennsylvania white Bigfoot. That was they. They caught it on film. They caught it on film, and and that one is. is I mean, how is that perception? You know that. Yeah, I, I, I don't. And I don't understand because, like, sometimes I think these things could have the trickster element to them, like what you're saying, Melissa, where they appear to you to be whatever you want them to be. Yes, but then uh -huh. th they they must have favorite shapes because there's some from, a default shape, if you will. Yeah, maybe it's like it. Yeah. He likes to be a clown, you know. Yeah. What's crazy? Oh, yeah. yeah. Pennywise. Well, what's crazy? And I'll tell you another one. Uh, here's another one. We yeah. have these uh, gargoyle looking, and, and and I'm the one that calls them gargoyles. Nobody has ever given me a story and said it was a gargoyle. They just said that they saw this flying creature. With gray stone graphite colored skin or whatever, you know, and and so they different parts of the country. And one was in Ohio, and one was in New Mexico. And that doesn't yes. get much different than that. That's completely different terrain, yeah. completely different parts of the country. Yes. And they both described the same creature. These families had never met each other. They don't know each other. They had nothing to do with each other, but they did get attacked by something a flying and we talk about that in one of the episodes too one of the earlier episodes mm -hmm. but and, and by all in, intents and purposes after description is given it it looked like a gargoyle yeah that's the only thing you can describe it as it had a bulldog type head with with bat-like wings and what, what was even more specific was each one of these two creatures had like a broken chain around its neck Yes, and you're wondering, was, is that the same creature? Like maybe it was the same creature. Like maybe it just flew across the country, because it was like you know the the sightings. If I if I remember correctly, you can go back and listen to the show because you know I have the details in front of me when I'm doing the show. But mm -hmm. I believe that it was like they were 20 years apart or something like that. Yeah, they were. They weren't. They were not. One happened one week, and the other happened you no. know, two weeks later or something. No, and it wasn't like a flap at that in that in that area. I don't believe that it was no. just it was just a fluke. You know. And then, but you know, you get you get stories of the goat man, you mm -hmm. know, and in Maryland, yeah, it's a very common thing. You get the goat man around these particular roads, yes. And you know, a friend of ours that that I knew from years ago claimed yeah. that he saw one when he was a kid, and I talk about that episode one. But right, and you know, speaking of the ghost man, uh, ghost man, goat man. I'm sorry, um, Melissa, 
everyone you think of the goat man you know you would naturally think we were just talking about the occult you, you know you'd think baphomet yeah and so what is your take on that well whenever i hear goat i do i do tend to think pagan but i also think okay people are seeing these it's tied out into the environment um maybe they're near farmland maybe they're closely connected to goats so maybe there's something there about the surroundings or where they are or what they know that's linked into seeing these goat men it's it it does say not necessarily to me baphomet or satan it's like nature pagan um goats the satyr the satyr yeah the satyr satyr, it's like you know a half man half goat like i mean goats were also like i mean you always hear people talk about sacrificing goats and so it gets it can get a little creepy occult feeling when you see if a man's got a goat head on i'm like did he put it on or is that is it really a goat or is it somebody doing some strange activities like so all sorts of things pop into my head and I can, and of course I th- I do think witchcraft, but more rooted in paganism and tied to the animals in the land. And, and I'm, I've never heard, really gotten into or read anything about goat men or, or dog men or anything like that. There's really no mythology locally where I am. It's mostly Sasquatch. That's really here. interesting. Yeah. That's what we've heard yeah. too, because you know, Wolf over here, he had his own, Dogman encounter. He saw one up pretty close, you know, in the flesh, in all its glory. And he said, Yep, when I was he, 15. Yeah. And he says, I'm not afraid of any man. I'll, you know, I'll throw down, you know, with any man. I ain't afraid of them. He said, But to throw down with that thing, he says, You can take that There's one. There's no home. way, There's dude. No I mean, way. it was seven and a half feet tall. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm really surrounded by, I live on Vancouver Island. It's known as Ape Island because of the Sasquatch sightings. But I'm also surrounded by cougars, wolves, and bears. Yeah. <laughs> I'm now, actually I'm quite concerned about cougars, to be quite honest. They're around I, here, I'm too. Little, yeah. yeah. We got cougars I, down here. We we so, The one thing we really don't have is bears and wolves. Well, there are black yeah. bears down in South Texas, not up here. Well, actually, got, we, very, Bell, very few. The only though. has black bears. We only have black bears. Okay. We don't, the grizzlies didn't make it over here, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're big. Yeah, yeah they're big. They're on the mainland. It's a beautiful area but where you live. I, yeah, I don't it know. is. Yeah, it is really nice. I don't know if people, I mean, I think there could be real sightings. Like, I'm not saying that you didn't see that. But I also think there could be misidentifications. Because if if somebody doesn't know what a bear's like running across the road, I mean, and they've never, if they're a city person, they've never seen a bear running around. They could, they could get confused. It could be misidentification. Or it could be something that someone's really actually experiencing. And it's unexplainable. Now. Like you go to England and they're having Sasquatch sightings and strange sightings there. There's no way there's Sasquatch there. And there's no way these people are lying. Not a fist. There's no woods. There's no physical place where it could hide. Sherwood Forest. What's that? Sherwood Forest. There's there's no forest left. It's like you couldn't hide anything in there. They're so deforested now. There's nothing really that big enough. I mean, for something that big to hide. So, so is, is it really, does that mean it doesn't exist? No, that means something else is going on there.